This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media. We don't know the cause of mental illness. It doesn't mean that we cannot cure the disease. It doesn't mean that we're totally clueless about where to go from here. In fact, here we are again, the most read book in human existence, in human history, the Bible, gives us a lot more information about this than we could ever imagine. So I'm in John 14. Let's read one of the stories that Jesus tells. And in verse seven, we're told that when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. That is the water from the well. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Fines, pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. Anxiety and depression are more common now than ever. If we don't struggle with mental health personally, we probably know someone that does. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Today with Jeff Fines. My name's Aaron, and today we're going to continue a message looking at anxiety, depression, and Jesus. Now, Scripture offers us peace with mental health and shows us that anxiety and depression do not have to define us. In this message, Pastor Jeff finishes his message from John chapter 4, and if you want to catch up on this entire series or listen to the first part of this message, don't worry, you can catch up wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Today with Jeff Fines. Let's see what else it has to say and how to thrive with anxiety, depression, and Jesus. Here's Pastor Jeff. You know, as we've said before, you are more than your body. This is the outer tent, the outer shell, the essential you, the real you, the spiritual, the soul also needs spiritual water. So the essential you, the soul needs nourishment in order to endure what life is gonna throw at every single one of us. Remember creation, fall, redemption. We're in the fall, it's gonna make serious efforts to destroy us. So Jesus tells the woman at the well that he offers the kind of spiritual healing and the original language is beautiful here, that will well up. Halomanu is the Greek word. And it means to start way down deep and to flow outward. The etymology refers to the gut. Here we are again. So that what happens in the gut will ultimately in time spread to the outer regions. The Old Testament prophets look forward to a time when living waters would flow from Jerusalem. Ezekiel 47, 9, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. But there's something else. Living waters in the Old Testament is also a metaphor for the relationship between spirit, God's spirit in us, and God's truth and how they respond and react together to bring healing. The spirit, God in us, truth, God's word in us. A good example, again, is in Ezekiel, only this time, verse 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees, the word, and be careful to keep my laws. So there is a relationship between spirit, Christ's power, and the truth, Christ's word. There's this inseparable relation between these two. Look at it like this. The spirit without the truth or the word is unpredictable, untrustworthy, and unproductive. The word, however, without the spirit is passionless, legalistic, and oppressive. 
But together, the word and the spirit brings life that begins way down deep and begins to flow outward to all of its parts. In fact, when we are experiencing joy on a soul level, in our bellies or intestines, deep down inside, there is a naturally, perfectly balanced productivity of serotonin. Now, I want to say that again. So we're combining what is spiritual and scientific at the same time. When we are experiencing joy in a soul level, in our bellies or intestines, deep down inside, there is a naturally, perfectly balanced productivity of serotonin. Jesus has been teaching this for centuries. Did you know that? He's been teaching that until you change your gut, the essential you, until the waters of the Holy Spirit spring up new life in you, all of us, not just me, are ticking time bombs waiting to explode. And make no mistake, you can press things down a long time, but sooner or later, the volcano is going to erupt. You need a gut change. You need soul nourishment that sustains. You need a spring of living water that goes down deep and cleanses you and then flows that cleansing out to the other parts of your being. So that's the question. How is it then that we appropriate this living water in us? As Christ's followers, we've been told that we have the Spirit of God in us. So how do we break the dam that is holding the water back so that it can flow into every aspect of our lives? Now, for years, I thought this part of the story of the woman at the well was somewhat irrelevant to the wider point. Man, was I wrong. Verse 22, Jesus says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Now, there's a lot to be said here. We can do a whole sermon on this one verse because when the original people of Samaria were exiled and transported to Medea, people from five other places came in and brought five other false idols into the Jewish context. And the Samaritans, as they influenced the Jews, began worshiping these five gods. Now, what I find interesting is in the story of the woman at the well, she had five husbands, remember? And the one she's with now is not her husband. It's almost like there is this play on the reality that she has been pursuing or trying to meet her needs through five separate idols, men of different forms and fashions. And now Jesus says to her, you're worshiping what you do not know. You are trying to fill the void in your life by pursuing false idols. And then he says in verse 23, yet a time is coming and now has come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now, the question is, how does one worship in spirit and truth? And how is this related to mental illness, to anxiety, depression, and Jesus? And how is it related to this overwhelming living waters that, can, that has the potential to flow out and beyond? And the answer is, according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit is in you. The waters are there. That's proof of your conversion. It is then the Word of God, the voice of God, as it saturates your deepest parts that will begin to bring life and vitality and break the dam where the waters began to flow. In Jeremiah 15, 16, the writer says, when your words came, I ate them. Now, if you eat them, where do they go? Down deep. And he says, they were my joy and my heart's delight for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. Can I tell you 
I'm not a doctor. You say, I know that. But can I tell you how to cure most mental illness? Not all, most mental illness. Step one, balance the serotonin levels. You got to get to the point where you can think clearly again. Do not be anti-medicine. Now, if you do some prevention in the early stages of your life, you won't get to this point. But the reality is most of us haven't. And because of that, the best thing, the first thing you can do is balance the serotonin levels. Nothing wrong with that. We are made up of chemicals. We are flesh and blood and spirit. But that will enable you to begin to think clearly and to to experience the complete healing. You're going to have to think clearly again. Step two, submit to the work God is doing in your life. Remember when I told you what Dane Johnson said to me, Jeff, when you pray this prayer, God, do not rescue me from this illness until you have accomplished in me what it is that you want to accomplish. When you pray that and you mean it, that's when the healing comes. God has not abandoned you. He's pressing you. He's squeezing you so the good stuff can come out and so the bad stuff can be discarded. Ask God to show you what he's trying to expose and to give you the courage to stay in the battle until the war is won. And can I say again, he is revealing something deep in you. This is not just theory to me. This is personal experience. There's something that needs to be dealt with in your life that only his truth can give you the spirit of shalom, health, and well-being. Step three, this is the big one, and this is how we're going to end, but it's going to take us a moment. Renew your mind. This is the key. Change your diet. Some of you think that when I tell you to be careful what you watch and read and listen to, that I'm being legalistic or that you're invincible. But there's an old adage, garbage in, garbage out. It matters what you're putting in. You know, I've been listening to this debate and battle about artificial intelligence and how it's becoming dangerous. And now they're telling us that it's being programmed to lie to us, to manipulate us in order to achieve its end, not ours. And I started thinking, most of the time, if you don't know something, the first thing you're tempted to do is pull up Google and Google something so that you can find out the right information. But what if Google is programmed to lie to you? And everybody around the world is Googling topics, but those topics and the information given to you are to manipulate you into conforming to something somebody else wants. When you go to the movies, read books, social media without discretion, who is the mind behind culture? My goodness, you're a Christ follower. You're supposed to know this. It's not Jesus. 1 John 5, 19, we are children of God, but the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one, that there is a prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right? But against what? Rulers, authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil. And then what is the first piece of advice Paul gives in Ephesians 6 to win this battle. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. There are lies you've been told all your life. As a result, down deep in your gut, sorrow is central. And it's building up over time. You have to allow the truth of the word of God to expose these lies so that you'll begin to believe the truth. And as a result, the truth will begin to rule over your emotions and balance the serotonin levels in your body. 
Again, this is not just theory to me. I've shared a few times where when I had anxiety, I started to run more than I had been running. I would just go for a three-mile run, and that seemed to do something. But at the furthest point away from my house, I would always get a pre-attack, the, the, the feeling of the attack coming. And my mind would start churning and saying, man, if you have an anxiety attack here, who's going to rescue you? You're three miles from home. You don't have your phone with you. What's going to happen? And over time, I was able, because my serotonin levels had been balanced, I could think properly, and I began to speak the word of God to myself. And I began to run, and the pitter-patter of my feet to the, to the rhythm of God determines who lives or dies. God determines who lives or dies. God determines who lives or dies. And immediately that shut my brain down, gave me a peace way down deep inside, and I could finish the run. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the word of God so saturates your emotional and spiritual constitution, that when the lie of the world comes in that causes death and devastation, if the spirit of God is able to activate the word of God, I'm telling you, you will be balanced and you will overcome. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Can I tell you why mental illness is at an all-time high in America? Because belief in God is at an all-time low. When you lose God, you lose so many other things. You lose objective hope. You have no objective source of hope. You're just guessing that there's something next. You have no objective meaning. You might have tiny little meanings in your life, but there's no ultimate meaning about what your life is about. There's no objective morality, so everything goes, and there's no objective truth. The soul knows what the brain is thinking. And when that's the totality of your life, when you are on a boat in a storm without a compass, which is what life is like, when there's no true north, do you know what that does to the inner man or the inner woman? What does it, what does it do to an entire generation of youth who grow up in that atmosphere? Well, let me tell you, epidemic, pandemic, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, skepticism, and ultimately narcissism. Because you're fighting for the survival of your life. When we kill God, something has to take its place. Man cannot live for nothing. He must have something to grab onto that will fill his heart, his mind, and soul. And we are reaching for things that were never meant to deliver, and our soul knows very well. There's a movie out. It's called Jesus Revolution. Based in the 60s and early 70s, there was a great movement, a revolution toward Christ and away from secularism. Perhaps the passion of a preacher to reach those who are far from God. Maybe that's why there was a Jesus revolution. Perhaps the willingness of Christ followers to embrace and invite hippies into their midst. Oh, other people saw as offensive. But ultimately, primarily, social theorists will tell you that sex, drugs, and alcohol were not working. That the idols were not delivering like they thought. That free sex or free love had left them empty. That fighting injustice was a good thing, but when it became the ultimate thing, it left us wanting something more. And so life is cyclical. And here we are again in 2023. And our culture tells us sex is paramount to existence. Promiscuity did not work. So let's break some other barriers down and pursue other gods. But in reality, these are all forms of cultural wounds that are real. We're dissatisfied. Our hearts are broken. 
There's something going on that's being pressed down deep inside. We're masking it and we're trying to satisfy or solve the issue by pursuing idols, pursuing things that were never meant to deliver. And there comes a time when a pastor must say, I love you, but this is not the way. Things that we should be ashamed of in our culture, like hero parades and pride parades and drag shows to our children at public libraries, are instead viewed as saviors of the culture. And the Bible clearly warns us that the world does not move in the flow of God. Neither will you if you're not renewing your mind daily. And as a result, if you're not saturating your mind with the word of God, and you're saturating it with conformity to the world and the world's thinking, your soul eventually will begin to disintegrate and you will lash out. Life is either welling up within us or death is welling up within us. And that's why Paul says, you want to be a rebel? Great, I'm giving you permission to be a rebel. But don't rebel against the thing that will save you. Rebel against the thing that is killing you. So he says, do not conform. The Greek word is suskomatizo. Interesting word, just quickly. Suskomatizo means assuming an outward expression that does not reflect what is inside. So if you're conforming to the world, because of the word that is used here, Paul is assuming you're a Christ follower and that Christ is in you, but you're assuming an outward expression of something that does not reflect who you really are on the inside. So he says, instead be transformed. The word is metamorphosis or metamorpho. Make a change. Metamorpho means make a change in the outward appearance that truly reflects what's on the inside. How do you do that? And he tells us by retraining the mind. I looked up metamorphosis in the dictionary and it says the process of transformation from an immature form to an adult form. I'm trying to tell you it's time to grow up and to morph into spiritual adulthood and to put the word of God into your life. Saturate your life with the word of God so the spirit can activate it at the right time and the right place to give you the victories of your life. All right, here's the end quickly. Step one, balance the serotonin levels. Step two, submit to the work God is doing in your life. Step three, renew your mind. Morph truth and spirit, truth and spirit, truth and spirit. I don't know what lies underneath your small intestines. I don't know what you've pressed down. I don't know how life has kicked you around. I don't know what trauma you have faced. I know that you're not the only one who's faced trauma. You're not alone in this. But Christian life or living is about renewing the mind, retraining the mind. J.T. Fisher, a world-renowned psychiatrist, said this, for nearly 2,000 years, the world has been holding in its hands the complete answer to its restless and fruitless learnings. Here rests the blueprint for successful human life with optimism, mental health, and contentment. Hear what he's saying. Your internal health the secret to your internal mental health is found in the words of Christ. I also know this, that when you begin to saturate your mind, renew your mind with the word of God, a chemical reaction happens. Did you know that? A chemical reaction. Serotonin levels change. Not only when you respond poorly to the circumstances or trauma of life, but they also change and transform when you respond well to the 
traumas of your life. And the only way that you're going to respond well is if the Word of God and the Spirit of God combine together to give you this well of living water welling up in you that will flow to the outermost parts. You don't need a firewall against trauma. What we need is to allow the trauma in and to saturate it with the Word of God so that we take something that was meant for evil and it is used for good. Let me finish. Here's the formula. How do you renew your mind? If it's so key in all of this, how do you renew your mind then? Number one, these are the four things that brought healing into my life. I'm not saying that this is a quick fix or it's a guaranteed formula, but I promise you, according to the word of God, this is where you begin. Number one, read and study the Sermon on the Mount. Go to Matthew chapter five through seven and read it and read it. Don't just read it, but eat it. Take it in, take it in, study and ponder over and over again. I would advise you to get a book by Oswald Chambers called Studies in the Sermon on the Mount. Studies in the Sermon on the Mount, Oswald Chambers. Get the book, read Matthew five through seven again and again and again. Read Oswald Chambers' book. Let the words of Jesus penetrate your heart, your mind and your soul until it starts to transform you. And I pray that God will grant you insight into who you really are and what you've pressed down. Two, attend a community group that takes the word of God seriously. Attend a community group that that takes the word of God seriously and discusses application passionately. Spirit and truth, spirit and truth. Three, make weekend worship a non-negotiable. This is the house of the Lord. This is where the spirit moves. Traditionally, historically, God moves best in the congregation of his people. God does his best work when his people are gathered together in prayer and worship, spirit and truth. The church of Jesus Christ began when people gathered together for worship. In Acts chapter 2, great revivals have begun when people of God assemble together to pray and worship. The Reformation began when a group of believers began to seek spirit and truth, spirit and truth. And four, if you're really serious, ask somebody to disciple you. The way the New Testament church was established is the old women discipled the young women and the old men discipled the young men. If I were a young man today, I would beg an older man that I respected and trusted, would you please meet with me and disciple me and help me understand the word of God and how it impacts my life. If you do those things, if you balance the serotonin levels, if you submit to the work God is doing in your life, if you renew your mind with these four things, I promise you, God will complete his good work in you. But I pray, this has been a very pragmatic sermon because I think when you're dealing with mental illness, you need practical advice. You don't need somebody to give you platitudes. You need somebody to give you a way forward. This is the way forward, spirit and truth, spirit and truth to change the inner core that living water may flow throughout your body, soul, and mind. Father, thank you for today. I pray for my brothers and sisters who are struggling with mental illness. I hope that nothing I said would belittle their pain. And if it came across like that, I repent right now in Christ's name. I pray they would feel my love for them and a lack of judgment. Nevertheless, I feel they would be motivated that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I pray for anybody who's contemplating suicide that they would realize that is not from you. That's from the evil one who's trying to circumvent what you're doing in their lives that you're creating something precious and good, that the potter and the clay are at work. 
And I pray that you'd give them insight and passion to listen to this sermon again and again until it makes its way deep into their minds and emotions and put these things into practice that will lead to shalom, peace, life, and vitality through Christ in his name. Amen. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Finds. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Finds wherever you listen to podcasts. Today. 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 Today with Jeff Fines. This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to oneandall.media.